intruder entered through kitchen sliding door. Nationwide victims. Yeah, this is Will Graham of the FBI. One killer. This is what the subject's teeth look like. Listen to my heartbeat. 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 Listen to my heartbeat. 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 Listen to my heartbeat. Oh. SoundCloud's not going to like that one. Going to be the Eurythmics Aretha Franklin song. Sisters are doing it for themselves. Could I have been playing it a lot because you kept claiming that everything was a feminist film it's been a little harder lately yeah well you think manhunter that we're talking about is a feminist film no it's not it's just a film but anyway what i was saying i went in and i was like okay surely it's going to be that and it was like a documenteers episode from like four years ago and documenteers you can probably copyright strike shit like on every episode and yeah. at some point but of all the ones it's it was weird like I didn't expect it. It was some shit from four years ago. So on Spotify, there is one episode of Documenteers that you can't hear, but you should be able to hear it other places pretty easy. Anyway, it's Michael Manmay. We'll get into it, but I do think I can make an argument that this is a feminist film if we're talking specifically about the blind girl. She's like a woman who is like... She's visually bu- impaired, but she is like taking care of herself, like doing her job, not scared of the world, like going on dates, like fucking initiating sex with this dude. Do you know what I mean? Like she's like she knows what she's a woman who knows what she fucking wants. She's more about her business. Than, she's a feminist. She's more about her she business. Might be a feminist than, movie. More than the she's more feminist than these bitches that can see. <laughs> okay. I just you know? don't remember her name, and that is a big part of her character. I don't remember her name but either. But the fact that she's like, I'm not going to let this visual impairment like stop me from living my full fucking life and fucking whoever I want to yeah. go down on dates if I want to. I may be visually impaired, blind, but that don't mean I can't get this dick from psychopaths. He didn't 
let her know he was a psychopath. Guys, if you're a psychopath and you're dating and you're going on a date, make sure that you tell the lady immediately. Although, did you notice that she was talking about how she got the job through like this program where they were hiring people with disabilities and she just like assumed that he was also in that program. Yeah. <laughs> she made a comment about how well so he weird. speaks. No, she oh. made a comment about like, you speak well, but you shy away from this and this. I can't remember what it was. It was like diphthongs. Or That's not it. But you know, yeah. it's like some word, like some big English, like language word. Because he's completely emotionally damaged. Yes, very emotionally damaged. This was... Manhunter. I'm Angela. I'm Bob Sham. Uh, welcome to Movie Humpers. The weird sounds you hear are dogs. Maybe thunder this evening. That's right. It's storming right now. It might be passing, but... I hope so. Hopefully the lights don't go out. I had that thought right before we started. It might, you know. Our lights have been going out more. I can still hear the thunder roll and the lightning strike. The thunder rolls. And the lightning strikes. Another love grows cold on a sleepless night. Yes. I like that. We'll keep saying. The storm grows all out of control. And something, something. And the thunder rolls. And the thunder rolls. And I really like that. Garth Brooks. Friend of the show. Yeah, it's we Mike, love him. It's Michael Man May. We do like Garth Brooks. Mm-hmm. It's Michael Man May. M-M-M. Triple M. M-M-M-M. We did call it like, hey, man. It's Michael May. No. Hey, man. M-A-N-N. Nice shot. Hey, man. Remember that song, Hey, Man, Nice Shot from the 90s? No. Filter? No. It was like, Hey, man, nice shot. No. It's a shitty song. I think we can all look back and realize that song wasn't very good, right? <laughs> How did you miss that song? I don't know. I'm sure I heard it, I bet but if I, I just not recognizing your version. I bet if I played it for you, did you recognize the song Heartbeat? by red seven i mean yes because i saw it in the movie it was in the movie and it's a song i've heard for sure since you watched the movie i mean you heard that song before you think i'm i mean it just sounds like kind of like a generic 80s that's song. why i think i've probably heard an it 80s pop it's just song. like an 80s song like listen to the radio at some point whatever the music in this movie is kind of fun uh sometimes it felt inappropriate <laughs> just a few times like when he's figuring out what happened fingering out no figuring oh, okay. out <laughs> oh my god he the, so our main <laughs> character is like putting some stuff together and they start this swell of music comes up behind him that in this instance was you know detective figures out who the murderer is could have also been used in any 80s movie when the girl realizes the boy that she actually loves like it was very <laughs> It, I mean, Weird. there's some of these, ba- I kind of was looking a little bit into the music of uh, the motion picture soundtrack here, and you can see that Michael Mann did specifically, like, uh, at least at this point in his career, we see that Michael Mann has a very specific idea about the music in his movies. Sure. And in, in, in Thief, that was, the score there was Tangerine Dream, a synth kraut rock band, and that really it worked. It provided kind of this modern element to kind of like these almost like a throwbacky kind of like gritty because thief came out in 81 yeah and but it still felt like it had a lot of 70s residue it on did. it it did but manhunter thoroughly thoroughly 80s thoroughly 80s 
Yes. You know, one of the things that to me is the mark of a good soundtrack is that I honestly don't remember it separate from the movie. Mm. Right? Yeah. Like you hear a song and you might think, oh, that thing happened in that movie during that song or, you know, it's together. But when it takes you out of the story, a little, maybe a little too distracting. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I have a problem with. And then, you know, some movies are supposed to be that way. Like we just watched a movie today that we'll talk about later that is very music heavy and it's like part of the movie. There were lots of movies in the 90s like that, like Empire Records, you know, stuff like that where it's like there's no one singing, but music is like a character. Yeah. But in those instances, it's like real, like hits you in the face. And sometimes it's a problem with a lot of modern movies. It is. We and, just, and we just, we'll do Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. <laughs> yeah. And we're not talking about it now. We just came back from the but theater. But we will talk about it. We will. Uh, actually, this will drop uh, after Guardians 3. So that'll be very confusing from a chronological <laughs> well, no. perspective. We I don't guess. expect you to listen to everything. That's true. Watch everything. I, I do think that, you know, upon looking more into the music, that I don't think the music is necessarily out of place in the movie, mm. but it I could see it being very, like, distracting. Like, you're you're kind of hyper-focusing in, uh, and that might be imbalanced. It's, it's really up to you whether you feel like that succeeded or not. This is, I would say this is a very good movie. Mm-hmm. It's flawed, mm-hmm. but it's very good. Mm-hmm with some uh, really good performances in it where this is based on Tom, the Thomas Harris novel, red dragon. Yes. What year did this come out? 86. Okay. That's what I wanted to know. Okay. Oh, uh, but more about the music. I uh, was reading an interview cause they re-released thief some years ago, some anniversary re-release. And this website I found was interviewing Michael Mann and James Kahn. Oh, wow. And James Kahn was, uh, he was talking about everything he liked about the music, but he kind of passively sh- picked on Michael Mann over his musical choices. Oh, really? So I guess James Con poke at him. James Con wasn't enthralled with the Tangerine Dream <laughs> score from uh, Thief. I thought it worked very. well. I thought it worked really well. But, I, no complaints. But James Con, who was that movie? James Con was very emotionally invested in Thief, yeah. but like I don't think he really grasped the soundtrack that much. But. Okay, he doesn't have to. That's true. He had to grasp the character, which it, he did beautifully. We, we think that movie's more perfect than James Caan does. Yeah. Interesting. Perspective. But this is a good movie, too, and I really like this movie. I loved this movie, and I can't believe I never saw this movie. This because... is the first Hannibal Lecter-verse movie. Yes, and so the only one I have seen uh, before this was The Silence of the Lambs. Great movie. Jonathan Demme. So good, and I've seen it a lot of times, and I've read that book. I never read any of the other books. I never saw any of the other movies. I sort of didn't want to because I really liked that one so much that I knew it was told by different people with different characters and different things. And I really just liked the world that was created within that film. And mm-hmm. so I was like, I'm cool. I'm good. This is my Hannibal Lecter, right? Yeah. 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 Jodie Foster. I couldn't I, do it with Julianne Moore. Like, I may, I might now. I, I think, think I'm more mature I think now. Thomas Harris wrote, like, Hannibal and Hannibal Rising, like, after the huge success of Silence of the Lambs. Mm. So, I can't really speak to the novels. I didn't read them. But Manhunter was first, right? Well, it's Red Dragon. That's what it's Red based Dragon on. I think. 
I'm, I'm kind of interested, like, to read more of them because the book is really good. And of course, you, I, there there was a uh, Red Dragon film that came out in the I think the 2000s, yeah, directed by Brett Ratner, starring Ed Norton, and Ray Fiennes played the killer in that movie. And of course, Anthony Hopkins reprised his role. I do think um, that mm. uh, Manhunter is better than than Red Dragon. Than Red Dragon. And I think there was just a lot of stuff about it that was unique. The style of Michael Mann, like I, I, I feel like it stood. His style stood out in a way that Red, and also like the killer in this movie is played by Tom Noonan. Mm. Ray finds has nothing on this, this dude. This guy, this guy was so good. Mm-hmm. He was so scary. Like he played this character so well. The Tooth Fairy. That like. When, I mean, you knew he was the bad guy, but he also made it very obvious that he was fucking broken. Yeah. Which is interesting and hard to do. I'm not saying I felt bad for him because I never did. But there was kind of this moment where you thought, like, can he love somebody for real? Could he be an actual person? Yeah. Like, could he stop doing what he's doing? Like, he kind of, he, he was able to sort of play the, like, conflict really well with so few words. So few words. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, listen, I know I said that Sansa Lambs was my Hannibal Lecter, but like. Brian Cox. I wish, I would I would like to have Hannibal. seen what Sansa the Lambs was like with Brian Cox. Brian Cox did a, it, it made me wonder, like, you know, the Jonathan Demi Silence of the Lambs really worked great. It yeah. is a great movie. Yeah. Can't complain about that. And it did successfully kind of distract from the michael mann origins you know because i wish i'd but known it, more about but um, as i'm watching manhunter i'm imagining uh a, another an alternate universe where michael mann directed um silence of the lambs and hannibal mm-hmm. maybe even hannibal rises or whatever i wish he did them all hannibal was a ridley scott one and clarice starling was re- uh, Jodie Foster was replaced by Julianne yeah, Moore. Yeah, that's why I couldn't bring myself to watch it at the it, time. It's not nearly as good as Manhunter or Silence of the Lambs, but but that movie is, like, fucking brutal. Doesn't that one have... um? Who's the guy in that one? Who's the killer? It's um Gary Oldman. That's right. And uh, Ray Liotta is in there. Ray Liotta's who I and, was and thinking a, of, though, because... Probably the part of the movie that's the most worth remembering. I've only seen that part of the movie. <laughs> I was at a friend's house once and that was playing and we've sort of watched that scene and I went, hey, can we turn this off? Because I haven't seen this movie. Yeah. And like, I'm fine that I watched that, but I don't want to keep, I don't want to now watch that from to the end. Like, and let's you, turn it off. I'll and, revisit later. And like Michael and Manhunter and uh, Silence of the Lambs, they have brutal moments, but there's mm-hmm. a lot of, a lot of it is like a lot of psychological, emotional build. Yes. And that's kind of what Hannibal the movie by Ridley Scott lacked. It was just mm-hmm. like, it was, it was trying to be fancy because Hannibal was free. It was trying to show some fanciness, but also it was just like mm-hmm. heavy. And it's mm-hmm. kind of entertaining in its own right, but it's got nothing on uh, the first two Hannibal Lecter movies. Yeah. So William Peterson plays the lead in this movie. I'm in love with him. I don't, you said he's on like CSI or something, but something like that. Was, the way that this film was shot and him playing this character, there was like a grittiness to it that honestly, in some of those bits to me did feel like a seventies film. Yeah. yeah. Some of his scenes. And I can't think of the guy's name who plays his like 
captain or chief or whoever's giving us assignments, but that guy was all over the place. And Dennis he's great, Farina. Dennis Farina is a great character. He was in Thief. That was his major film oh, debut. Right. Debut. You saw him a little bit, but Dennis Farina has much more presence. He's great there. in this. Yeah. I I really. I thought everyone in this movie was pretty phenomenal. I'm forgetting his fucking name. Let's see. Oh, in this? Will Graham. That's his yeah, name. Yeah, Will Graham. Oh, yes, because... He's an FBI agent who has retired early, and you find out, like, he's the guy that put Lecter, Lecter away. Mm-hmm. And you find out later that it fucked him up so much because in order to catch Lecter, he had to kind of embody, like, what he was all about, like, really get up in his shit. And he kind of went crazy and mm-hmm. had to go away for a bit before he could come back to his family. And that's Lecter's thing. Like he does that to Clarice Starling too. Like he gets yeah. inside your head and it was, but I feel like the thing about Will Graham, I know, that, that was the, just a dog snoring or <laughs> snorting in her sleep. But this idea that like with Clarice Starling in, in, in Silence of the Lambs, Lecter like tries to get in her head and like yeah. find things within her that that she can relate to him because he's trying to fuck with her can you hear the alarms clarice when your father took that knife and slit a lamb's throat when you came into the barn clarice when you went down to the barn what did you see (laughs) all right sorry um but the thing about will graham is that Hannibal didn't have to like get to him because Will was like, I got to get inside his head to understand him. They had no actual like interaction until after Hannibal was locked up until the day that Hannibal attacked Will and he left because, but, but he was like so obsessed with him that he's like, I got to get in his brain. And we've seen this time and again in sort of like the, if you're a detective who specializes in serial killers, like you have to think the way that they think you have to figure out what they're doing. But there is like that line, which makes for such an interesting story, which is why we've seen it over and again, of I have to understand them, but not become them. Or I understand them because there is something about me that is just like them, but I chose to fight them instead of be them. Mm-hmm. And you see that over and over again, but like he just played it so well. Like he was so like intensely back into it. I love the scene before we even know what's really going on. When a dude has come and said, like, you need to come back to the force. We need your help with this guy. Like, he commits murders on a full moon, and we just got another one, and we have four weeks, you know, Mm. or whatever, three and a half weeks. And he asks his wife, he's like, what do you think if I go? And she's like, it sounds like you've already made up your mind. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, yeah, but if I asked you, and she's like, well, I would ask you to stay, but that would be selfish. Like, I really liked their relationship. As far as I feel like she really understood him. I don't recall why. I I mean, I could be misremembering. It was an okay movie, but I don't recall a wife and kid in the Brett Ratner version. Oh, yeah, you said that to me, that you didn't think that he had. I thought that made mistakes because... Maybe I'm just forgetting. I don't know. They would have had to take that entire plot point out where Hannibal, like, sends a code Mm. to the Tooth Fairy of Will's address. Right. So if there's no that 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 adds stakes. Yeah. Um anytime, I mean we talked about this recently with another film. Like anytime there's a boyfriend, a husband, a child, a wife, a girlfriend, it's just stakes. The the I know in the Brett Ratner version, the William Blake shit is played up a lot more the poems cuz William Blake uh Oh yeah, you were talking he, he you were wrote telling, I didn't read, know. he wrote the Red Dragon yeah. he, and the character uh Tom Noonan, yeah, who plays the tooth fairy in there he does 
reference the red dragon mm -hmm. and then there's like the tiger scene which is also in both movies and it's a beautiful scene in both yes. movies but that connects to i think william blake wrote the tiger tiger burning bright and like in the brett ratner version ray fines has the red dragon tattooed on his back so i'm sure there were some that's cool there were some changes probably in man i mean there's it's, i don't know because i haven't read the book i don't know what the changes are but the tiger when the when the blind woman she's brought to touch the tiger which is a great scene mm -hmm. like i told you it was like this kind of connects into the blake verse because he wrote and the, I did, had no idea. the tiger tiger yeah. poem and blake also drew uh around his poems that's cool so i guess uh i guess i retained a little bit of lit yeah. lit class you that's know awesome. so yeah I did think that that was beautiful. That was also like, that was kind of the moment where you saw the tooth fairy caring for someone. Yeah. Because this was like the first time he really spoke to her and he actually went to her because she, she like develops film and you have to do it in complete darkness. And so she's perfect for it. Cause she doesn't need any light. Right. She does everything by touch. Mm -hmm. And so he went in to ask her about some special. She's film. got a dark room inside her head. Uh, he went in to ask her about some film, which you know is to spy on whoever was going to be his next victim. He'd already decided who was going to be his next victim because he, we find out that it's because he works at a place that processes film. Mm -hmm. And so he would like find these families on these films and then become obsessed with them. But they had to fit a bunch of criteria, as you always do, right, with, with serial killers. But he was actually trying to like get something from her that would like help him film better in the dark, which is creepy as fuck. But then this man was supposed to take her home. I guess this guy always drives her home and he couldn't. And she's like, cool, I'll ride the bus. And the guy's like, I'll take you. And what was interesting was that he truly was like, I will take you because I want to take you. Mm -hmm. Like the way he spoke to her, like there was one point where he was like, everything was like, you will do this because I think that it would be good if you did this. Like the way he spoke was very interesting. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Now, Will Graham, he's, this killer gets around too. This this movie goes to all the places we take weekend vacations. Birmingham, uh, Alabama? Except Birmingham. But <laughs> Atlanta. Atlanta, Chicago, St. Louis, mm -hmm. coastal Florida to go see your parents, I guess. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just it kind of gets around to all these. And and the character of Will Graham, I keep having to look at his name, uh, he's pretty famous after his incident with uh, Hannibal Lecter. And mm -hmm. he's got... And pop, this paparazzi dude is all over him when they realize that he's come back and he goes to see Lecter. And yeah. that's when we meet. And he's not, like, all over. And also, they don't mention that he's a cannibal. No, they just... They, they reference, they're like, someone asks how he killed the family. The kid a kid asks, does. Though. And he goes, like, it's, it was real bad. No, he killed college girls. College girls, yeah. Because he was a therapist, and one of the girls was his client, and that's how Will found him. This is what's interesting to me, though. He said, because the kid was like, you know, what happened, however, and he's telling the kid the whole story, which is a very interesting scene that you notice the background changes sporadically during. The, there was some interesting in shots the grocery in store, yeah. But... He says, you know, I went there because he was a therapist of one of the girls. And as soon as I sat down and saw on his shelf, there was a book of war wounds. And I knew it was him. Yeah, I'm not, I wasn't sure about that either. It would have made more sense 
if he was like, there was a cookbook for people. I don't know. Like, if there was like <laughs> war wounds, anybody could have a book about war wounds. He had every Mad Magazine from the beginning <laughs> up until 1992. But then again, because we're not getting, obviously, the whole story, maybe that was something referenced and he they just kind of like truncated the story for the kid. But I felt like there were some details we were probably missing. But like he immediately realized he went to call for backup and that's what... Uh, Lecter attacked him. Now, it might be hard to imagine anyone other than Anthony Hopkins. Mm -hmm. I know Michael Madsen had played him in the in the series. That's interesting. I think I might need to see that. And it wasn't bad. Um, I like but Hopkins. Brian Cox did a fine, fine job. I thought he did a great job yes. as Hannibal Lecter in this movie. But the movie... And I, I don't know what Thomas Harris wrote. I know there are there's the prequel show I just mentioned. There's Hannibal Rising. But I like the idea of us stepping into this world after Hannibal Lecter is... I, I like the idea of the Red Dragon, Silence of the Lambs, where Hannibal's locked up. Mm -hmm. And... It's mysterious. Like, that could be the procedural show, right? You gotta go to Hannibal. Like, that's what Red Dragon and Silence is. It's like, there's a serial killer... And you use a serial killer, one of the worst, to help you figure out how to catch the serial killer. Yeah. I like the idea of him. We meet him after all this stuff happens. Yeah. I, I like not knowing every detail yeah. about the thing that puts him in jail, you know, or prison. So, but, you know, if, if he's now he's like, now this character is like a popular culture icon. So you can't help yourself. You got to like say everything about him at this point, right? Yes. One funny thing to me, because you mentioned the paparazzi guy that's like knows him like he he chased him out because they were trying to not have really anybody know Will was on the case because Will were tired. And this guy like recognized him as they were like coming out the back way like he and his buddy who like got him back on the case like kind of tried to skirt the media. This dude recognizes him and runs after him and, you know, is like too big and then Will like throws him into a car or whatever. And I immediately was like, that guy is the blueprint for the chicken scream. What the fuck is her name? Why am uh, I leaving right Weathers. now? Gail, Gail Weathers. Weathers yeah. He is the blueprint for Gail Weathers. Like uh, that's you, I do. I think that it's like I mean, that's the most I've seen of that exact same kind of thing. I mean, obviously he doesn't last as long as Gail does. Um Yeah, they try to bait at first um the character half comedy. Uh at first the character of Will is very resistant to the paparazzi. Then they realize well, if we put out a bunch of misinformation and, like, insult this guy. Get him mad. Get him mad, then maybe that can draw him out. Well, it ends up getting the paparazzi guy kidnapped and tortured. And then, which is an interesting scene where it's like a parking garage. And you don't see, Michael Mann doesn't do a thing where you see him slowly, like, going down. It's just like. People in this parking garage hear something, and then they look up, and then the then the paparazzi guy, he's strapped into a wheelchair. He's been lit on fire, and it goes straight, like, into the camera like oh, that. Oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. And then yeah. that cuts the scene. And that was the thing, too, is that the note on him or the video or the recording that he attached to this flaming chair man was, uh, you're going to get it easy. Yeah. compared to what I'm going to do to Will kind of deal. Right, like he right. tortured this man and burned him to, alive, and, and and that's easy. And Lecter has been communicating with this guy through, like, a tabloid course, like a, like a, the, like the back pages, like What's misconnections or some shit. Yeah, it's like the, the classifieds yeah. is what it's called. Yeah, the classifieds. But the weird thing is, is, like, yes, the classifieds, 
But how in the world did the tooth fairy get a written on toilet paper note to Lecter? That I don't understand. Stashed it in a yeah, that's a good question. Weird. Le- but Lecter gets a hold of uh, Will's address. Yeah, and passes really, it off. He's really sneaky, that Hannibal Lecter. Yeah, he like rigged up a phone with like some gum foil because he knew they would be tracing him. Well, they I think the deal is that they dial the number for you because there were no there was no keys on that phone. Yeah. So he had to open up the phone and somehow get to the operator. And he's yeah. so smart because he's like, operator, I do not have the use of my you, arms. Can all, you please dial a number for me? Like, All, all you need to course. do is like hit zero for the operator, Yeah, but you right? can't. Back yeah, then. so he like, So yeah. he kind of figures out how to like set the one, which is pretty clever. Yeah. Um, But yeah, he gets the address out to the killer, the tooth fairy, and uh, they have to, evacuate will's family yeah because what this guy's been doing Mm -hmm. is so far he's committed two crimes that we know of and Mm -hmm. they know he's going to do a third because he it's like on a lunar cycle and he puts a mirror and he attack and he attacks these families yeah and and he specifically targets the mothers and you know it's like everyone he targets is a mother who has a minimum three kids Mm -hmm. and yet she's in fantastic shape None of these women look like they've had three, three or four. Well, because he's looking for perfection. I guess he wants so. to find that perfect love of a mother. And I he, think, and he puts mirrors in their eyes. And I know there's this, there's this one part, and I think it's when Will is trying to embody the killer's psychology. He sees like a vision of like a woman in bed, and it's like her eyes are like white, like gold, blank, like, like gold. Yeah. Yeah. Really like a very He's kinda, having dreams. It's one of his dreams. It's a very creepy scene where mm-hmm. you see the women, it's like they're missing their eyes, but it's just this and white mouth. and mouth and it's like a white space where their eyes and mouth are. It looked really cool. It did look really cool. It looked really creepy. But yeah, so Will Will ends up figuring out that he picks these big backyards so he can watch them for a long time and that he's they end up figuring it out because there's this family where he brought like bolt cutters Mm -hmm. but the house didn't have a padlock on the door he was trying to get into and they realized that like his intel was old yeah and if his intel was old it means he had looked at the same home videos that will was looking at to try to get clues about his family of why you'd want to attack which means he's developing film And like that home scene was movies, actually great to me when he's like, call them, have them look up the thing, and the guy like calls and he's like, oh yeah, well the second canister is a different place. He's like, have them rip off the label. I know it's underneath. You know, it's yeah, very yeah. like, and he's like eyes closed, looking out the window, like this is it, this is it. It's like he knows it. It's almost like if you'd also said that he was like a little bit like psychic. Yeah, yeah, just like, like uh, that's how tuned in he was. A TV, a TV fed real cop figure, really, really good at his job. Yeah. And yeah, they narrow it down to like five people, but only one of them is a lanky, tall, creepy white dude. Yeah. So they they, they figure it out and they uh and they go to his house. And at this point he's developed this the killer, Tom Noonan, the tooth fairy, has developed a relationship with this blind woman. Yes. And, and she's at his house. Yeah. And he thinks the blind woman is kind of like a little like has been dating around some guy drops her off it's nothing he makes up things that's what he does yeah like delusional delusional in his mind so he thinks this woman is cheating on him Mm -hmm. uh but she's not and so he he, he's got a really nice house out in the woods like we kind of want a house like this like a little house way deep into the woods 
a serial killer's house. That's that's what we want. Someday. Absolutely. They know where this guy lives. They go in and he's like trying to kill. He's holding like broken glass of this woman's throat. And Will. He's broken a mirror already. So he's ready. Will approaches. He's not supposed <laughs> to go in there directly. The guy, his buddies, Dennis Farina is like, you're not going in. But you, he's got the you gun. You got to send the, sending in the SWAT. Well, and he was just getting close to look. But then he was like, there's someone in there with him. And he was like, if I don't go in, he's going to kill this woman. And so he sees her, him over her, and Will decides to just charge right through the window. Yeah. And kind of gets his ass beat. And gets a couple other cops killed. And the cops the have to, gotten there. The backup's got to go in. Only in the movies are police this brave. But fine, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but or but fed. he gets him. Yeah, but yeah, Will did kind of. He maybe saved her life, but he did get like at least three of his buddies killed. Having but a charge right into the. That's what they signed up for. <laughs> but they should have waited for that's, the SWAT team. That's actually not their training at all. They're they're like preserve well, then why yourself. Why? Well, yeah, I know. Look, we know, we know, we know how real cops Look, are. It, in the story, it's fine. <laughs> <clears throat> they sacrifice themselves in the story for this woman. Mm-hmm. I think Dennis Farina's okay. I think he got shot, but I think he's okay. Yeah, he's okay. He's okay. He did get shot, and. I don't think the woman actually gets injured, but um, Will gets his face slashed up. Yeah. So now he has scars from this killer as well. Yeah. And, you know, you see later he's, it's over, and it's kind of like. He's got his lavender shorts on. That's, he's got his lavender when shorts he's in, on. When he's in family, coastal, Floridian dad mode. Yeah. He puts on the lavender shorts. There's this, like, bookends to this, like, Hot little beef. family story Hot where. Beef. He was trying to put up nets to protect these, like, baby turtles. Yeah. And the kid finally, you know, the kid's been away from his home, too, because they've been having to go in hiding or whatever. And so, you know, the kid runs up and he's like, you know, didn't he have them make it? And he's like, most of them did. And all this jazz. And the woman and he and his wife kind of have a little bit of, like, coldness between them because he basically looked at her and he's like, I thought I had to figure it out on my own and call you later. And she's like, I didn't know if I was going to come back. But Mm. she did. And he was wrong. And now they're going to be fine, I think. Yeah. But you know what I mean? It was just one of those things where she was like, I thought maybe I just shouldn't come back. You know, like, which was very, like, interesting and real. And it wasn't like this, like, embrace, kiss, we're perfect. It was like, we didn't maybe handle this right. And it's really, like, in the last 40 minutes of the movie where the 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 songs with lyrics really start yes. to, like, kick up. And then at the end, we're like, heartbeat, heartbeat, listen like... to my heartbeat. When Hold it... on just a second. Okay. Oh! Heartbeat, heartbeat, listen to my heartbeat. All right, go ahead. Mm. You forgot? Did I? I'm sorry. Okay. Well, I'll keep going. Heartbeat, heartbeat, listen to my heartbeat. Oh, pump this movie one through five. Okay. Uh, I would say that for this movie i did really enjoy it a lot yeah yeah it's good um it wasn't perfect i made to rewind a couple times because there were fun shots that ended up happening like you know we, we went back to watch some cereal turn into some corn and um there was a scene where they did this like swoop in on the front door and then it cut and then the door opened yeah they're <laughs> like, 
couldn't get that in one shot. Oh, because they had to so move. Hard. They probably had to like move out of the way to let them do the shot coming through the door. Yeah, yeah. But, but it was like as close as you could probably get it, right? Like it was. But and then there you was tell, something you, else. But yeah, it, like, you're right. You could tell there were little minute. flaws. There were little flaws, but you know, honestly, like I don't know where this falls in Michael Mann's career. I know it's what it like. I don't know how many movies he made between Thief and this, but. One. I do feel like the cinematography on Thief was better than this movie. He made a movie called The Keep, so we we're not going be into every oh, Michael no, Mann sure. movie, but that one uh, I don't know anything about it. But mm. like, uh, pretty much Thief and this one and Heat are probably his more well regarded movies. Fair. I really liked it. I think I'm just gonna go. I'm gonna go four. 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 You know, sometimes when I'm watching a movie, like I'm holding a rating in my head. And I felt like with this one, I try not to think about that. I'm with this one, like I'm going like I was fluctuating between a three point seven five and um, a four point two five because mm. I think another movie we'll be talking about soon. I think I'm around a three point seven five on it. A three point seven five is like this movie's very good, got a lot of flaws, but it's like very good. And sometimes, like anything over two point five is considered above average, right? So like mm-hmm. it's it's interesting because I feel like we've had a lot of fours lately. It's like, oh, did we hate this movie? It's like, no, if you if you're rating it over a three, it's pretty yeah. fucking good, right? Yeah. yeah. So if you clear a three, it's like you're saying it's a good movie. Absolutely. Anything like a six and up is pretty good. Yeah. Anything between a four and a six is like very middling. Yeah. But I think it's solid. I think this is a solid four. I do too. It's reignited my desire to know, to like go back and watch the movies I have, the movie I have seen and like actually to see other stuff. Like I just want to know more about this story and these people. And now we have two S tier movies and we were kind of going back and forth. Like what makes it, what makes thief perfect, but sunset Boulevard a quarter off. But honestly, once you get past a 9.5, it's all the same. It's all the same. It's all the fucking same. You're eight. You're four and my four. Uh, Michael Mann's Manhunter. Uh, good job, Michael Mann, not putting two ends in Manhunter. I think he knew better. So let's see here. We're going into here. That is an A tier, obviously. And um, let's see. Let's see. It That puts it. It's actually. Our A tiers have been pretty high. Yeah. So Manhunter is actually our lowest A tier so far. Under what? It's under Snow White, and it's like the lowest. I know, it gets a little weird. It gets a little weird. And it's under Snow White and Bo is Afraid. Uh, it's a manhunter. Okay. Look. We're, no, this is what this is exactly what I was just it's talking just so about. weird. We're, I know, it's just so weird. It is kind of weird. Yeah, they're this, all good. This is exactly what I'm talking about, like where we get lost, but like... All of these movies on this list are good. Like, actually really fucking good. Totally. You're right. You're right. But I think at the end of the year, like, 8 out of 10, that's fucking good. Yeah, it is. But I think at the end of the year, we'll revisit our at the movies selections and see if we want to adjust to see how these movies have settled with us over time. You know, will, will, will Bo is Afraid go up a notch or two? Will Renfield go down a notch or two? Probably. Will Guardians of the Galaxy? How will that fare? I'm pretty sure we'll rate that pretty good straight off. But I will, uh, actually, like I said, that will drop before this episode. So y'all already know. 
yeah. if you if you watch that one. You already know that we think it's a pretty good movie. So, but Michael Mann, Manhunter, is a better movie. Because Man, Ma- Michael Mann's Manhunter. Michael Mann May. And Michael Mann May. He gets his own month for a Mag- reason. Man, Man- He's getting his own month for a reason. So, yes. so there you go. Uh, eight eight out of ten for another Michael Mann film, Manhunter. Featuring Dr. Lecter. Go ahead. Oh, uh, check our show notes for all the links and places to find us. Death to all traitors. Death to all traitors. I like that. <laughs>